Welcome to the Iowa Blues Showcase, episode number 73. As you can tell, when I can't go blues, <laughs> I've got a cold. Yeah, it's been a while. I had a good run. Normally when school starts, I get sick, but I made it all the way to middle of October, which is pretty good. Excuse me, I'm going to cough. <coughs> Um, so, anyway, um, tonight's going to be a short show, not because I'm sick, uh, but because uh, the, uh, the, sh- the the, the uh, recording I have tonight is uh, the uh, what I had called Volume 2, Show 1 of the Sunday Night Blue Showcase at the Hall Avenue. This is back from 1999. Uh, what happened at some point at the end of the run, uh, sometime in September, because I know we had an October show, or an August show of 99. Uh, that was the uh, up, in, up in Marshalltown. That was, I think, podcast number four originally, but it may have, it got re-released uh, differently because uh, it was on Podomatic, so it's the one with Jimmy Pryor live at Beaners. Um, it was working there, so at some point after that, the, the heads on the Fostex got bent, and so uh, one side would record, and then the other side you would get uh, the get a little bit of the uh, the back end of side A because it's not hitting the tape right. So I don't know if I can fix that or not. I'm thinking not. But uh, at least you can hear the first part of this show. It's uh, basically about five songs. Uh, but, but the reason I want to play this is because who our guest is, and that's uh, Big Mike uh, Edwards. Now, Big Mike had... Uh, had kind of disappeared for about 10 years. He was a like an R&B soul blues singer in Des Moines. And uh, he kind of just disappeared and retired. And uh, Jimmy Pryor, uh, he, <laughs> he was amazing. When we were running this show at the Hull Avenue, he would go out of his way to try to find all these guys who stopped playing. So he's the one that would convince people uh, to come come back and play, you know, because because Harland and him had always played, and Chicago Rick played, but like George and Gilbert and Davis, they had stopped playing. Uh, uh, who else? Uh, oh, trying to think. Willis Dobbins uh, was just hanging out of his house, and he had stopped performing and. And Big Mike was another one. And so he, he'd see these guys and he'd go, hey, I'm running this jam session to come on out and play with me. And, you know, these guys loved Jimmy as much as we did. And they'd known him far longer than we had. And uh, they'd show up. And uh, one Sunday night after uh, uh, we had, uh, well, this is a long story. But since it's going to be a short night, might as well go with it. Uh the uh, originally Sunday night was was me and Jimmy and Woody and then uh, John Lucart 
and we needed a bass player. And so Woody said that he was playing in a band called Fat Tuesday and that we should try his guitar player, Scott Long. Excuse me. <coughs> oh, I hate being sick. Ah, but like I said, we do this live. We don't edit any of this. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, uh, so uh, Scott says he's going to play bass, and I'm okay with it. And then Lukart tells me, well, he's not going to play guitar if Scott's playing bass. So it's like, what? So then we're scrambling for a bass player, and then we end up again, and then we end up with Jimmy Farr, which is ironic because had we had gone with Jimmy Farr to play bass originally, that that was my old band, and I had no idea that Jimmy Farr would even play with me. I thought that he was upset with me, and so I didn't even think of him to play bass. And then there he is, the first night. And so uh, with Scott Long, we had three of the guys, you know, me, Jim, uh, Jimmy Farr, and uh, Woody was basically three of the the four guys in my, my the band that I had had maybe like five years earlier. So anyway. Uh, this the band Fat Tuesday, uh, after uh, playing with Jimmy for a few weeks on Sunday night, decided to add him to their regular show. And so that's how Jimmy ended up with Fat Tuesday. Well, what happens is, is down the line, uh, they had won the blues contest, and, uh, and they were, you know, a powerful uh, group on their own. And I guess Scott thought that, that, uh, you know, either Fat Tuesday should run the uh, Sunday night show or uh, he just didn't want me involved in Sunday night anymore. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, but there was some bad blood there. And uh, basically, uh, Ron, who owned the Hall Avenue back then, uh, decided that since it was my gig and I was the one that set it up and, you know, he, he said that uh, I should keep it. So then Scott... Uh, went down to Carl's and started playing on Sunday night uh, with Fat Tuesday. And then Jimmy stayed with us. And so when you listen to the show, uh, you'll hear something about a boycott because there were some musicians boycotting us. Uh, it's just silliness. Because, you know, unfortunately, this stuff happens a lot in this town for some reason. It just We get infighting and, and we dislike each other. and that doesn't do anybody any favors because that uh, just hurts everybody in the long run. Uh, nobody wins when people fight like that. But uh, anyway, so to make a long story short, the the new band at this point, and I'm I'm making a guess, an educated guess, but I'm pretty sure it was obviously you can hear John Lucart and myself. Uh, I think that uh, that uh, and Jimmy. Uh, I think on the drums is Rick Mosqueda because uh, Woody went and played with Scott. And then eventually Woody would uh, come back with us. And then uh, Scott Cochran was playing bass. Uh, also, if you listen carefully, you'll hear Steve Vasquez was uh, <laughs> turned on the lights for us. And then uh, Larry Station. Uh, Jimmy's right-hand man was there uh, helping Jimmy, and uh, we mentioned him. And, and also, not mentioned, but who was definitely at the show that night was uh, was legendary Bob Dorr, uh, because I remember talking to Bob about uh, Big Mike and uh, and about how shocked I was 
that Big Mike just walks in the door and is like, holy cow. Uh, Bob didn't sit in with us that night, though, but he was just hanging in Des Moines. I imagine he was doing one of his fundraiser things, uh, but that was cool that he was there. Uh, anyway, if there's some way I can salvage that flip side, uh, the other guy playing would be uh, uh, Jamie Grimm, but he, uh, unfortunately, I don't know what happened there. Uh, but, well, the, the head's on the, but we'll see. There might be a way I can do mono and balance that out and might be able to save it. Uh, so, uh, what you're going to hear, green onions, cheap bourbon, uh, Big Mike's going to do, uh, oh, he's going to do like a medley of slow blues. And, uh, then, uh, he'll also do Thrill's Gone, then Jimmy's going to do a shuffle, and then... It's going to end pretty abruptly there uh, because that's it was only about a half hour tape. And then, of course, the flip side again, I'm going to have to uh, see if I can do some figuring out here. If there's any way to to get that so that you won't hear that one side and then we can maybe salvage it. All right. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here it is. The Iowa Blue Showcase. Elvis impersonator in here every week since so what about the third week here? Hey Steve, can you uh, hit one of those lights there? Yeah, try that one. Nope, wrong one. Try that one. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Steve Vasquez, the light man. Jimmy, that's another band. I feel slighted. Yeah, let's do that.
fun yet. Ladies and gentlemen, we're really glad to have uh, Mr. Larry Fountain has returned to the Hall Avenue after a several weeks absence. It's good to have you back. Now, now you weren't you weren't participating in that boycott, now were you? I knew you were. <laughs> Welcome home, Larry. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
Hey, Jimmy, are you ready? Or would you like get our, your friend to come up first? Do you want your friend to come up first? Or you want? Okay, come on up. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a, a guy by the name of Big Mike. That I, I heard Just about him. I'm not as big as I used to be. <laughs> I heard about this guy uh, like 10 years ago when I first came to Des Moines. This guy is known as a yeah, Des Moines legend in the blues. So we're really glad to have you. Midnight Town.
gentlemen, I'll tell you what, it was about 10 years ago when I came back to Des Moines, and my sax player told me about this guy, and I thought he was it was, it was a living legend. I didn't think it was for real, and, and the guy shows up tonight. I can't believe it. This is Big Mike, ladies and gentlemen. He's a blues legend in this town. And tell you what, he's been singing gospel and doing some other things. And boy, I'm sure glad to have him back out here. And gee, did he make us make sound better? For that. I haven't played that song for a long time and I forgot what I was doing. <laughs> and I got caught up in the moment. Six months. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of the evening for John's joke. John, do you have a joke for us? Uh, are there any Irish people in the bar? Uh, yeah, right here. Uh, that doesn't count. <laughs> what do Irish people do for vacation? Look for a new bar. Well, I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the evening that we bring out the king of the blues here in Des Moines Highway, Mr. Jimmy Pryor. Nobody loves me, nobody seems to care 
There you go. Another uh, cool set there by Jimmy. You can hear me and Jimmy playing in the background. It's going to end here kind of abruptly, but that's okay. <laughs> I uh, kind of wish that uh, I was on my uh, bigger Mac, the Big Mac, but uh, unfortunately it's uh, it's under the weather. And uh, yeah, all my Macs are acting kind of strange. Probably time to buy another one, but you know, money's tight right now, so it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> all right. So anyway, uh, um, yeah, big big Mike uh, Edwards unfortunately has has passed on. Uh, uh, several years ago, a couple years ago. Uh, in uh, in uh, uh, Jimmy Farr and uh, Woody and Jimmy and yeah, so you can tell we've uh, a lot has happened in eighteen years. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, uh, that was an exciting time and. Uh, we had a good run there at the hall, and we had a good run. I think we we lasted through maybe. Uh, I think we lasted up till probably around October or November. Can't really remember, uh, but uh, somebody was always calling the police on us at the hall avenue, complaining about the volume. Uh, we never did find out who it was. Uh, there were several people who were uh, suspects. Uh, one was the uh, guy who owned the whole building uh, who lived upstairs, uh, which was kind of interesting uh, uh, character himself. Uh, another one was a person across the street. And then the third one was uh, the rival band. Uh, <laughs> so... We, we never knew because the police would never tell us. And uh, they were getting very stingy with us. They would sit outside with their little meter. And if we went over certain decibels, then they basically would come in and shut us down. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of funny because back then the whole avenue didn't have any of the soundproofing. And, uh, and so and, and there was a lot of windows. And, uh, yeah, we just, uh, you know, it just kind of opened us up to two troubles. Uh, but we really weren't that loud. Uh, and especially if you compare what we were doing uh, to the bands that play the whole avenue now or played the whole avenue when Tom Morris had it. Uh, we're, we were really quiet, but uh, just kind of goes to show that... Uh, uh, without the the proper acoustics, uh, you know, uh, enforcement or reinforcement, uh, that uh, even a quiet band will be too loud. Yeah, so uh, we had to move on, and uh, we went to Rasmataz, and then we were at uh, lasted there a month before the city of Urbandale told us to leave, because there was a dance ordinance, and apparently uh, people aren't allowed to dance, and it was strange. Uh, but, uh, 
it, it was it, it was funny because nobody really was dancing. We were but we were live banded, so they felt that that was in uh, uh, against the ordinance. So we had to leave, and we ended up at, at uh, Racket Room Brewer Company, and uh, we did really good there. Uh, but uh, at the uh, the the last show we did was January first on a Sunday night. Of course, nobody was there because it was January first, and uh, the uh, the owner decided that the guy that was doing the bookings uh, decided that uh, we were more nuisance than anything because he was getting complaints not from customers but from his uh, wait staff because they had to work on Sunday nights. Uh, past seven o'clock because normally they went home at seven, and instead they're having to stay till eleven, which is kind of funny because you think, well, you're making money, but apparently, you know, blues people are, are pretty cheap. I'll admit that, and uh, you know, people were eating food, drinking, but apparently they weren't uh, paying uh, tips enough for people to want to stay. So, oh well. Such is life. Uh, so anyway, uh, next week we'll see if we can't uh, uh, figure out a way to play that second side of that. And uh, we're also working on doing uh, some more uh, live shows before the end of the year. Uh, hopefully in the next week or two. Uh, just about have things set up. Uh, just got to move a few things around. And uh, we should be able to start doing some recordings uh, again. So uh, stick with us. And uh, hopefully uh, you can hear us uh, some new cool live shows. All right. Hope you had a great night. Uh, kind of feels a little bit like fall. That's probably why I got sick. <laughs> That's changing the weather. Uh, so uh, hope uh, everything's good with you. Uh, yes, it is stuck. still strange out there in the world today. I, I see that there's a hurricane headed to Ireland, which I don't think that's ever happened before. Uh, so, uh, yeah, makes you think, doesn't it? Ooh. But, uh, yeah, we just got to hang in there, people. Listen to the blues. The blues will help you make you feel better when you're feeling down. Keep you happy. Keep you smiling. All right, I got to go. My voice is about ready to go. We'll see you next week on the Iowa Blues Showcase.